is PJ. And this is Bonnie. With another edition of Lit Chat. Today we will be discussing our group reading, Mistress of the Ritz by Melanie Benjamin. And I'm going to start with you. How did you like it? Or did you like it? <laughs> it was an okay book for me. Um, it's, it's one of those books that I, it's not the type of book that I generally read. Mm-hmm. Um, it took place during World War II again, which we've seemed to do a lot of books along that history period. And I'm not real thrilled with that period. Don't know why. It's just one that's never struck me. Um, but the people in it, she starts out by just the way she describes the people. I take them as being very ignorant and stupid. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's here's these this guy it's like oh love at first sight he sees this chick walk into this hotel that he's managing and he you know basically falls in love with her from his description and um she doesn't she likes him you know he offers to show her paris and um so she takes him up on the deal you know, figures what the heck, you know, my guy isn't showing up for a week. He's a week late. Um, she was supposed to be meeting an uh, uh, Arab prince or something. So we should say she is, you're referring to Blanche, who is oh, yes, the main character. Blanche. And the person that has asked her or who has volunteered to show her Paris is Claude Azello. And... Blanche is kind of seeing a um, prince by the name of Jali, who was supposed an Arab prince. Yes, who was supposed to meet her um, in Paris. However, as Bonnie mentioned, he is a week late. And Jali, uh, uh, to put a little more context to it, Blanche is there because she is an aspiring actress. And she is there with people of the acting community. And she becomes very close friends with a lot of people in that um, artistic world who eventually end up hanging out at the Ritz. Um, And so, but Jali, when he finally shows up on the scene, shows his true colors. And in it, it just seemed to me it was more like a a jealous rage that he proposed to Blanche well, that Claude proposed to Blanche because he was jealous of Jolly and he thought and he knew that Jolly wasn't was going to be abusive if he hadn't already been and I don't know I, that it was abuse I don't know that you there's no indication that Jolly's going to be abusive, but is he going to be faithful? No. I mean, these princes back then had harems. Yes. So Blanche was certainly not going to be, um, well, first of all, Blanche was probably not ever going to be his wife because 
of the fact that she is not of that world. She is not Muslim. So the father would have never approved Jolly and her getting married. So that would have reduced her into just kind of being a um, mistress. Concubine. Which is something that um, Claude Azello, who later becomes the director of the Ritz. Um, but yes, at the time, Claude Azello um, feels like he needs to save Blanche because he knows fully well that Jolly will not give her the life um, that Claude Azello feels Blanche deserves. And that is to be someone's one and only. Which is ironic because almost one of the first things he tells her after they get married is that I have a mistress. It's what the French do. And Claude used that as an excuse for a lot of things. You're American. I'm French. You're in France. This is what the French do. But I think that this leads to the typical... um, yeah, it was love at first sight, but this is why you want to wait on getting married. You want to maybe learn a little bit more of the person that you are going to commit your whole life to because, yes, this causes problems. And part of the problems do come from the fact that she is American and her culture is vastly different than the French. Um, apparently, the French, it's okay to have a mistress. It's not seen as it's not seen as something that um you know having a mistress doesn't mean that you are in love with that person it's just something that you know it's just um i don't even know it's french it's a thing it's in fact it's, it's kind of a you know he's a man he has needs and they need to be fulfilled so it's really a must is how he makes it out to be um that yeah and it's something that french women are okay with it's okay for their men to have mistresses that's completely fine but the thing is they grew up in that culture blanche did not grow up in that culture as an american so you can see already that there's going to be problems because where claude just thinks oh well this is the french way of doing things she's not french and she has her very she has quite a different perspective and this is what leads to a lot of their marital problems within the book but this is also what led to her meeting lily in the book because when claude tells her when at this point in time that he has a mistress she leaves she just packs bag and leaves Claude actually has no idea she has left at first. So what you have to know about Blanche is that she she fights back on this idea of a mistress. And one of the first things that she does is once he tells her that she is um, that he has a mistress, she actually goes and finds Jolly. She goes and she ends up leaving and she finds Jolly and that actually ends up prompting Claude to go out and find her. And he knows where she's at because her friend Pearl White, who was an actual actress, ends up basically telling him where she's at. 
So he goes and basically fights for her love, talks about how Jolly's never going to give her happiness. Now, I didn't think he had followed her to England. I'm probably getting confused because she's left so many times, which is, you know, one of Blanche's things that she is kind of impulsive, but she's kind of also a fighter. And so one of the times she ends up leaving, she goes back to Jolly. This is right before they get married. And Claude, you know, puts it out there that Jolly will never give her the life. Once he does tell her that he has a mistress, she does end up going to England. And this England. was after they were married. Yes. She ends up going to England. She spends some time at the Ritz. She goes and she lives at the Ritz in England. Claude obviously knows where she is because there is a, some communication between the management. Well, also, and he, and he goes to his he goes to her friends who he doesn't like the thing about claude ozello is also it's not just a thing of he has a mistress he wants her to give up her stardom so right when they get married he tells her uh i don't want you wearing makeup anymore because you don't really need it i don't want you to be a star <laughs> because uh it's just not the what a wife a good wife does I don't really like your friend Pearl White. I just kind of want you to give up your friendships. So you can see where Blanche is just taken aback because she gets married. She thinks she's going to live this fairy tale life. And then all of a sudden, it's all these demands from Claude Azello. And it's things that, you know, I feel like in Blanche's place, I would be upset too. You know I was coming here to become a star. Why would you marry me and then tell me to get rid which, of that? Which is one of the first times she leaves him. They've just gotten married. They're on the train. She pulls out her makeup kit. And she starts. And that's when he first tells her, I don't want you to wear all that stuff. And he gets upset. I, I forget exactly what made him that upset. But he grabs her whole makeup case, opens the train window, and tosses it out the train window. Now, Blanche almost flies out the window after it, <laughs> and he has to literally hold her back. But as soon as they get to the next stop, which apparently isn't that far down the line, she runs out of the, the train and jumps on another train going back the other direction to try to find her case. Well, Claude doesn't expect this. So obviously he's not ready for this. And now he has to stay on the train because it's already left and he's going further away. Finally, he comes back and he gets her and he sees her sitting at the train station. Now, they never tell you for sure whether she found her case or not. No, that's true. But, but she's sitting there and she's obviously crying and, and all this stuff. But we don't want to give you too much detail because... You know, we want you to choose whether you want to read this book or not. There was a very, theirs was a very volatile relationship. They aggravated each other. They also gravitated towards each other. They also complimented each other. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's the reason why Blanche, as many times as she leaves him, comes always comes back. And as many times as he's irritated by her, he always goes to find her. So... There is some love there and there's some strong love because honestly, how many times do you go and put up with someone leaving you so many times? And then on Blanche's side, why would you 
stick with someone that has so many demands on basically yeah and basically trying to change you so was there love in that relationship yes at the core of it i think there was a very deep love but they were volatile and they were stubborn and you know it wasn't always peaceful but getting back to lily yes she does end up leaving to england and she meets lily who we find out activist. she is an activist she's an activist for whatever whichever whatever politically is going on in the world at the time because she starts out in spain and then she was up in england doing something and now she's headed to france because the nazis have now well she goes to france also because she still wants to go back she ends up going back to spain but right. she needs money right and so she's trying to go to France to get that money for the people who are fighting the Spanish Civil War. And you don't know much about Lily because you don't know where she's from. She does not say where she's from. You never find out where she's from. What you just know about Lily is that she, um, the few little details that she is willing to tell Blanche, and Blanche is, you know, constantly giving her questions, asking questions, but Lily's just very, um, doesn't say much. Which I think it's part of the, you know, it's Lily protecting herself. Right. It's protecting yes. herself and protecting her loved ones. Um, and protecting what, people who know her because if you don't know about me, you can't tell anybody about me. Yeah. Um, yes. Lily does mention that when Blanche asks her, where are you from? Where's your home? Lily basically says that she doesn't have a home, that her home was destroyed, that that is why she fights that's why she gets involved in these fights because she doesn't have a home to return to. So we don't know where she's from, but. But this is now 1940. And Blanche and Claude, I guess they spent part of their honeymoon in the south of France with his family or. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. No, I'm getting I'm getting confused too. Um, there's that's that's part of the problem I had with this is that I, the timeline I kept getting confused with her timeline because she would you're in the present and then they would be talking and and they would do like one of these flashbacks flashback things about what happened when so it can be a little confusing on are we talking present or past at one point. Claude had rejoined the service to, you know, the military. And Blanche went with him. And it was after they left, and he was stationed in the south of France. And when they came back, it was 1940. They came back to Paris in 1940 as husband and wife. And he's got this attache case, you remember, that uh, his briefcase that he was carrying. They have come back to the hotel now where Claude is manager of the Ritz. He's been gone for a little while. I guess took a leave of absence to be in the military. Um, you know, this is the Second World War. And Claude the beforehand was director of other um, hotels but it had always been his dream to be director of Ritz. So just to put it out there, he did have experience before. 
So, and by this time, while they were gone, apparently, was when the Nazi occupation took place in France. They came and they basically took over Paris. Um, and Lily and Claude come back only to find out that their Blanche. beloved, I'm sorry. Not Lily, Blanche and Blanche Claude. Blanche and Claude, I'm sorry, have come back only to find out that the Ritz is now a Nazi headquarters. Mm -hmm. But the Nazis have decided we still need these people. So they have said, okay, you can stay in the part of the hotel on the backside where, you know, the hotel staff stays. We, we've moved all your stuff back there. And so, so they still do everything. It's just that instead of people coming in to the Ritz, now they are waiting on the Nazis. So it is an interesting... Um... It is interesting because you're now seeing what they have to do to survive under the occupation of the Nazis. Um, I did want to just kind of go back and talk about Lily and um, Blanche's relationship, their friendship. Um, so, you know, Lily being Lily, she is a very, I would say, ballsy, daring woman who knows has a sense of what needs to be done and gets the job done. And so she approaches Blanche or Blanche approaches her. And at first it's in Lily's head, it's an opportunity to get money because she is working at the Ritz and the Ritz is very glitzy. It's glamorous and there's all these expensive things. So, you know, Lily kind of sees Blanche as a, form of getting money is a cash cow and lily says it lily is not apologetic she doesn't even try to like lie or pretend like but in the relationship that forms it becomes a true friendship and it becomes a friendship where you find out that they really end up needing each other and lily needs blanche so much more than just for money and I think for Blanche, I think she starts to realize that there's more than just living the glamorous life, especially when you're caught up in something like World War II, where you're seeing other people, like Jews, being treated so badly. I think she really starts to get a sense of, I need to do more. I think this is where... World War II really helps Blanche grow into a human being. Not that she was a bad person. I just think that World War II really teaches her that fulfillment comes out of helping others. And she ends up helping Lily because she does. Um, there's this funny story about how she tells Claude that she accidentally dropped one of the precious tapestries of the Ritz and she out dropped it out the window and some lady just ended up picking it up and just running away with it. Come to find out that lady is Lily. So like, <laughs> and you can just tell that Lily's going to sell it to fund the activities that she's doing. So yes, she ends up helping Lily. And I think that that's a great friendship between them because they both need each other emotionally 
and they help each other get through some of the hardest things that's in this book. What I guess the part that I had never realized until I read this book was how long actually occupied Paris. The occupation was for like four years. And, and I knew the war lasted for a few years, but I never realized that Paris had literally been occupied during the almost the entire war. I mean, I have to say, um, I like books like this because it's sometimes the only way people learn about history. You know, I would have never known about Claude Ozello and ba uh, Blanche Ozello. They were known in their circles. But it's not something that history like teachers will teach you about. And so the fact that a book like this would, which is very interesting, because let me just say, reading the author's notes, Blanche and Claude were actual people. But there is very, Lily very little was, written about them. Yes. There is very little known, even their families with the, the history and stuff. They never talked to their fam their children or relatives or anybody about what went on they and never told anybody so you know the author herself admits that this gave her great literary um leeway to write a lot of what she wanted to because there were so few facts. And this reminded me of one of our previous Lit Chats when you were talking about Harper Lee and how Harper Lee just kind of stopped, did not, decided not to finish that book on the trial because it wasn't a clean ending. Whereas this story, I don't think Harper Lee would have ever touched it because there are very few details. And like you said, I even tried to get online and see what I could find out of them and I couldn't really find out too much about them but I also think it's just something um people just I don't know if it's a thing of people back then were humble and just didn't want to talk about it I don't know if it's a mixture of bad memories and you don't want to be reminded about those bad memories and talking about that I don't know if it's also a thing of you don't want the fame and glory or the recognition for something that you know you just had to do for humanity. Well, there was something that I don't know if it was you and I talking or me listening to a radio broadcast or something, but there was something that I was listening to that people are asked, you know, about their past, like in situations like this, like what happened to you in the war and, and, and all and a lot of people people have said that it bothers them more being asked about it now because they have to relive it every time they are asked a question about it they literally have to relive that time that they want to forget so I and so I think that's part of why you don't have a lot of history is that Claude and Blanche just Whenever they were asked about it, they shut down. They didn't want to talk about it. Well, and maybe also they didn't want the recognition for doing something that, you know, just seems like the right thing to do. Um, they were in a position to do things that other people weren't in a position to do. And and I remember it came from our talk because I had seen a documentary on Tina Turner 
Okay, that's what it was. And she had always talked about how she was so tired of people asking her about Ike Turner and her physical abuse because it brought her back into these memories that she just didn't want to relive. And every time they asked her something, it was her having to relive the details. And so, yes, that also made me think maybe we don't have that much detail because they didn't want to relive it. And they chose literally not to relive it, so never told anybody. And um, without going into too much detail, I can understand why they wouldn't want to relive it because you find out a big secret of, uh, well, I mean, you find out a secret of Blanche that we will not say. But uh, also you find out that the Nazis are very interested in Lily. And so, and they know full well that Blanche is a friend of Lily because Blanche is, you know, in some ways, she's a little oblivious. You know, she doesn't try to hide who she hangs out with. She doesn't try to change her ways. She still, you know, decides that she's going to go out and she's going to go out with whoever she wants. And there is an incident that happens when she goes out with Lily that basically ends up with her and Lily being held by the Nazis. And we will leave it at that. I will leave it at that because uh, if you want to read this book, then you should read the book and find out what happens. But um, yes, I did find this book to be interesting in that sense, because so little is known about them. And kudos to Melanie Benjamin for, you know, putting a story behind these actual people with so little evidence. But a very plausible story. Yes. Behind these people. I mean, it wasn't like she just totally fictionalized everything. She had to do some research on on the historical period and things that went on. And, um, you know, so yes, she did a very good job with that. Like I said, it's just not normally the type of book that I prefer to read. Now, as a side note, um, can I just say, I do not like Coco Chanel. <laughs> Coco Chanel is in this book. She was a, I would say a guess because she did live in um, the Ritz for quite a while. Um, the great thing about this book is, yeah, you, you you know, they talk about Ernest Hemingway and they talk about Coco Chanel and they talk about all the famous people that did come through um, the mistress. And there's that great line where uh, Ernest Hemingway comes back and triumphantly says that he has freed the Ritz of the Nazis, even though the Ritz had already been freed from the Nazis. But, you know, that says a lot about Ernest Hemingway and his ego. <laughs> um, but yes, Coco Chanel is in this. And I do not like Coco Chanel. Not at all. Okay. She might make some, She, you know. But Coco Chanel is a very problematic um, historical person to me. Yeah. When we were reading it. I don't know how many times I told you I didn't like Coco Chanel. <laughs> Poor Bonnie had to hear me talk about how much I did not like Coco Chanel. 
But I do agree with you. I do see that there is a lot of books that have to that deal primarily with World War II. Of course, it was up my alley. I like books like this. Um, I found it interesting. I would have never known about these people. And I think that's um, kind of great. I, their story is a very interesting story. And what they did during World War II, it deserves some recognition. Whether they wanted it or not, it deserves some recognition. The efforts that they did. Um, and you'll see that they had a hand in their own way of helping um, to turn the tide. And these people would have been lost in history had uh, Benjamin not written a book about them. All right. So with that, our next lit chat is going to be um, read what you'd like. So Bonnie and I have been discussing what we are going to read next month. And should we give them a little preview? Well, let's just say we were discussing a few books that we liked when we were younger and thought that rereading some of them might be of interest. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed. And as always, if you've got anything, um, any comments, please feel free to share with us. And this is PJ. This is Bonnie. Bye, guys. Bye.